Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> February 13th, 2021 on John's Old Time Radio Show. We're back with uh, 
our friends Robert Armstrong and Mark Pollock. And um, Mr. Armstrong's playing some records from his collection. How are you guys doing? Doing fine, thank you. Yeah, doing great. That was a fantastic record. Uh, tell us about it. Well, that was Blue Guitar Stomp by Clifford Hayes and his Louisville Stompers from 1927. And... I thought what we do is play a lot of guitar-oriented records, especially guitar players with orchestras. Um, but cool. that one was with tenor guitar, so it's a four-string guitar that Cal Smith was playing. And I think I've read that Cal Smith was the nephew of Clifford Hayes. And they also played with the Dixieland Jug Blowers, played banjo in that group. But right. I really like his playing, and I think he played in guitar tuning for all you tenor guitar <laughs> fans out there most of you play in tune to fifths like a mandolin or a tenor banjo but i think he's tuning it to chicago tuning guitar tuning so that's i uh, like his playing a lot it's kind of sacrilege yeah it was, it was fantastic i know when i first tried tenor guitar i just tuned it like a guitar coming from guitar but i guess if you come from banjo it makes more sense to tune it in fifths or that's my orientation. I, I first started out playing the plectrum banjo when I was 13 and then switched to the guitar when I was 14. Well, yeah. I didn't give up the plectrum banjo, but then I already knew these chords for, it was guitar tuning basically, not true plectrum tuning. But So I've been a lifelong guitar player, but started yeah, with banjo. Cool. But the, So the next record by Lonnie Johnson from a year later, 1928, doing Playing with the Strings. And uh, this is a guitar solo, you probably know. This is Lonnie really going to town here. Yeah, this is a great record. Thank you. 
some great playing there. Wow, and huh? It, and it really sounds like he's just improvising a lot of it. He's yeah, he's just messing around. Like you, you, could, yeah. you could hear he probably just plays guitar from morning till night like that, right? It's just mind-blowing. Well, another thing to point out, he's playing it on a 12-string guitar, and yeah. which is not easy to maneuver. And and I think he's the first guy I've heard, at least in the 20s, that was playing guitar solos on a 12-string guitar and making a solo record of it. So here also from 1928 is also Lonnie Johnson, but now he's playing with an orchestra, and it's the Duke Ellington Orchestra. Oh, cool. Doing oh, nice. Misty Morning. Oh, I think I need a minute just to finish absorbing what we heard, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A lot of like notes there, huh? Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, like a, uh, uh, you know, around that time... Um, Lonnie Johnson got it together, of course, with Eddie Lang and made a lot of wonderful duet records. And a lot of those were kind of improvised, too, and they just complemented each other so beautifully. Some just wonderful guitar music. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Mark, do, do you play at all? Oh, yeah. I play uh, guitar, banjo, uke. Oh, cool. An awful lot of auto harp lately, which is like... Can, you, can, you, can you play like Lonnie? Um, hum a few bars and I'll give it a shot. <laughs> well, I don't want—I don't want to brag, but I can play like that. I just don't want to. Oh no, man, I don't want to, don't want to make you guys feel bad. Oh so. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a—it's something to aspire to, certainly. But uh, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, yeah. it was such a unique style too. Like you can kind of tell that he just. You know, that's just what he did. He picked up a guitar and just messed around with it to the point where that's the result, you know? It's like if we didn't live in the age of uh, technology and cell phones, maybe I could get that good, but eh, probably not. Well, I think gigging every day and constantly playing has so much to do with it, too. I mean, obviously, he was playing you know, every possible moment just to make money, if nothing else. Yeah. So he and originally sure. from New Orleans, so he heard mm. a lot of great music, and he also played the violin. There's some early records yeah. of him playing a very bluesy violin. Nice. That's informed him, but uh, this, <laughs> this early stuff is the best. I just love what he can do. And just having all this freedom, but it's the kind of thing that sounds like he just, yeah, like you say, he's like goofing around at the house, you know, just get out the guitar and play it. And um, just last night, I was at a local friend's house here in Davis that's a guitar builder, and he had just finished building a, a small body 12 string and he wanted me to play oh, cool. and oh. and <clears throat> they sound great i mean but they're not easy to get around on i mean you really have to have some <laughs> serious finger muscles and stuff to do what Lonnie was doing and but yeah. come across but it's a, what a sound yeah all right so, so anyway right, here let's we are with duke duke misty morning 1928 and uh lonnie comes in later a bit of a solo. Thank you. 
yes. <clears throat> Beautiful. I should have pointed out before we played it, uh, pay attention to the bass player, Wellman Bro, <clears throat> is bowing the bass quite a bit. He plucks yeah, it later it's on, but it's just beautiful bowing work all through it. Well, and I think I, we, I'm compelled to point out that that was a red label Columbia. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't have the original. Especially well, we that clean. We but don't penalize here. Oh, I mean, good. Go, give, give me a pass on that one, please. <laughs> you want original issues, original label. Okay. Now, I've, I've never been an original issue guy. I just want it from the master. You know, that's fine. That's if it me. sounds clean like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's an original Brunswick from 29. Now, it's got a bite out, but uh, it, it's all there otherwise. The next record up is Monk Hazel and his, Monk Hazel and his Bienville Roof Orchestra doing Sizzling the Blues, and the guitar player is Joe Cupero. And I don't know anything about this guy. I've tried to research it, and he's really featured. This is, you know, a very bluesy-sounding guy. And huh. all the records they made, this is the only one where he really gets some solo action in. And uh, it also has uh, Sharky Banano on trumpet and Sidney Aridin on clarinet and Tin Whistle. And it's, oh, wow. But a hot, I, new, I don't know. A hot New Orleans group that uh, played the Bienville Roof Orchestra at the, played at the Bienville Hotel in New Orleans, at least for a while. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you. 
beautiful. Yeah, and the guitar gets in the last note there. I love that. Yeah, good first note and the last note. You know, I got to say that uh, <coughs> I was working on, a, I'm in the middle of a, a tax audit, you know, big, big, long tax audit. And I was working on it this morning, and, uh, you know, you get a little tweaked out by the world that's trying to suffocate you, and two or three of these records, and my nervous system is right back to <laughs> what a beautiful world we live in. Right. Let the music beautiful carry you music. away from your cares of day. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, tin, that tin whistle. That tin whistle just caught me completely off guard. I was not ready for that at all. Yeah, it's really hot. It's pretty <laughs> slick. <laughs> the flip side of this record also is great, which is the best version of High Society. It's just such a great huh. New Orleans group. Wow. Great band. Great yeah, band. Yeah. So, the next one is also from 1929, and again with Duke Ellington, and this time with uh, Teddy Bunn. I know, Mark, you oh, like cool. Teddy Bunn. We'll get some more Teddy Bunn in there. We'll get a couple in by Teddy Bunn. And Teddy Bunn um, played with style. I think he tuned his strings down low, so he got more slack and got more bend in his strings when he played. Hmm. And later was known in the 30s playing with the Spirits of Rhythm with Leo Watson and people like that. And he was just a great innovator of jazz guitar. But here he is playing with the Ellington Orchestra, which... Considering this is before electric guitars, they really had to project, and uh, it, it comes through pretty well balanced on this recording of, cool. ha- of Haunted Nights, 1929. Okay, great. 19 what? 28, you said? T- 29 on this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. 
great band too, huh? Oh yeah. Those Duke Ellington and yeah. horn arrangements are just incredible. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, and Teddy Bunn has this plinky sound that you don't get from the other guys. He's just willing to get a little more pick noise in it than other folks, I think. That and the, the strings are kind of flapping on the fretboard itself. <laughs> yeah. and it's But what a bluesy sound he had. It was just great. Yeah. It's excellent. So more Teddy Bunn okay. coming Boy. up. Okay. And... Uh, Never enough Teddy Bun. <laughs> well, you can't have just one. You got to have two buns, right? <laughs> so here's a verse. <laughs> I'm moving ahead to 1938 now Ooh. with a version of Wild Man Blues, and this is by Johnny Dodds and the Chicago Boys. And what's interesting about this uh, is that it's got uh, not only Johnny Dodds but Lil Armstrong is playing piano, who was oh, wow. uh, at one time married to Louis Armstrong. And uh, so you have two members of the original Hot Five, Louis Armstrong's Hot Five on this. And you have Teddy Bunn. And this is kind of late for Johnny Dodds. His style <clears throat> by 1938 was kind of old-fashioned. But in the mix there is a young Charlie Shavers playing trumpet, muted trumpet. And it kind of is more of a modern style leaning towards bebop and later swing stuff so it's an interesting blend of old and new and teddy's right in there with his guitar style cool wild man wild man blues Thank you. 
goodness. <laughs> wow, great, great record. Yeah. Wow. Kind of interesting blend of old and new jazz. Yeah. And it just, um, there's a nice little moment there where the clarinet and the trumpet just switch what registers, like one's high, one's low, and then they just trade off so naturally. It's like you don't even notice. That's <laughs> great. Beautifully complement each other. With... Well, I'd like to go two years further ahead then and uh, play a Teddy Bun Blue Note record. It's a guitar in high, which is just him doing a guitar solo. Okay. One of my favorites. This is... Uh, it's one of those records that shows up where you don't expect it. It was in a uh, the local um, uh, public radio station in Sacramento used to do a yearly uh, record sale where people just donate tons and tons of old records, and then they'd put it all out and let people just you know browse through uh, hundreds of boxes of records. And they usually had about forty boxes of seventy eights, uh, mostly terrible. And uh, <laughs> but. Uh, this was in one of them, and I just couldn't believe it. I, I wish they were still doing that sale. So much cool stuff used to pop up. But um, yeah, it's like I, I put myself out there as a guy who buys seventy eights on the internet, of course. And I mean, every single day I get e emails, mostly, but it's always the same. It's you know, if you're lucky, it's like yeah. Bing Crosby, yeah. and you know, gee, you just do you collect Patty Page records? We got lots. <laughs> yeah. And it always starts the same way, like, because I, I, at my website, like, I have very clear, like, labels up there, exactly what I'm looking for, what I'm not looking for. And it always starts the same way. I went to your website, and I have the exact records you're looking for. Some people even add, like, except these are better, like Bing Crosby, you know. <laughs> same, you've on the DECA label, like, that's on your website, but these are better. These are the better ones. My favorites. Thank you. Well, my favorites are the people who say, well, I'll tell you what, if you will dub all these records to digital for me, you can keep keep them i was like no i don't want to dub doris <laughs> you know day how much work that oh is, it takes seriously. so long and then i'm not going to keep them anyways oh it's awful right, they're right. going to the landfill <laughs> yeah it's hard to even put them in the land right what do you do oh yeah, they're too gosh. toxic yeah <laughs> gotta melt them down and make ashtrays oh people aren't smoking as much though now so it's not even that doesn't yeah, work. that's a problem too yeah <laughs> all right here's teddy bud <laughs> Thank you. 
nice nice yeah. record mark yeah so yeah like uh bob like you were saying like that reminds reminds me of that lonnie johnson playing the strings you were saying yeah he's just kind of cutting loose just ideas are flowing yeah it sounds like he's improvising almost mm -hmm. and it's relaxed and wonderful stuff Beautiful. And getting these different textures going on the guitar. It's and he said, I don't think Teddy Bunn gets as much uh, love as uh, Lonnie Johnson. Even Lonnie Johnson doesn't get as much love as he deserves either, <laughs> yeah. you know? When uh, he, he, he made a record, I, I remember somebody early on was telling me it was terrible. In the Blues Mafia, um, what is it? It's the, the Worm and the, uh, it's like a Hokum record. You know, oh, oh and, I, think I have that one. Um, it's uh, me, me too. I love yeah. it. I think it's great. Be my goose, I'll be your gander. Through the woods world, yes, let's meander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, the, but but anybody who does like hokum right away, it's like in the in the blues and jazz world is like totally discredited. Oh. But it's actually a great record. Yeah, I love that one. It's you know, it's just just ignore the critics. What do they know? They, they <laughs> yeah, know how to have fun, critics. man. <laughs> well, I was when I was digging around yesterday looking for records, I pulled this one out, and. Um, one side is uh, Homer Christopher Rainey Van Vink. The other side is a guy named Alphys McFadden, who made exactly one side, and this is it. Uh, it's a guitar solo where he does Turkey in the Straw and then Arkansas Traveler. And it's the darndest thing. Just the way he plays is amazing. So, Great. Dig, dig uh, more guitar obscurities. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> I, I just love those chord changes he throws in there, and it's just yeah. so inventive. And it kind of reminds me loosely of uh, the guitar player from the Bahamas, Joseph Spence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just very yeah. loose, and that kind of picking he does that's not what you'd call pattern picking. It's just kind of broken up in his own syncopated yeah, way. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's, it's just a yeah, little... Who, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, who, who who knew Turkey in the Straw was such a beautiful song? I mean, my <laughs> God, it was like a heartbreak. You, you, know? yeah. you add those extra chords, man, it goes into another... Yeah. It's a, turkey and then, takes and then it flight. also begs the question, like, what was wrong with that engineer who that guy played one side and they said, okay, next... Yeah, yeah okay. it was a, in, uh, in Atlanta, uh, October 1927. The, the uh, other side was recorded the day before by Christopher and Van Vink. I don't know where this guy came from and why they didn't do more of him, but my goodness. Maybe he Beautiful. just had that one tune he could really play. Yeah. and Or that was good enough for the engineers. <laughs> and the, the, the yeah, bass stuff. Yeah, not what they're looking for, I guess, but yeah. man, it was that great. The, the bass things he's doing, trying to, you know, because he's, having to work the, the whole neck and he's just doing the coolest things as he transitions well, around i i couldn't figure out what i was trying to figure out whether he was in some kind of open tuning or not but i really couldn't figure out do any guys have any uh idea i i assumed he's in standard tuning but can't be yeah, sure it on didn't that. sound like g or d to me but it would have made would have made the bass notes a little easier but it yeah. did sound like he was working for those bass notes a little bit so yeah I would say standard, but I'm not really sure. I've never quite heard anything like that. So, yeah. Another thing is, I assume he's a white guitar player. I but, assume, but maybe not with a name like Elvis. Maybe not. Yeah. Got to find out more about this guy. Yeah. It's really hard to say style-wise. I mean, it, it could be anybody playing that. You know. Yeah, but but who else? Could Someone play who just it? developed their own <laughs> style. You know. Oh I mean, yeah, that's a that's the kind of thing. I don't think. Uh, I don't know if other players could pull it off the way this guy did. It's just there's some little intricacies there where you go, he must have played that one tune forever. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's just fascinating. Uh, that that we jumped out. You're going to switch to R and B. He's going to play one more country thing. Yeah, go for it. And then we can do then we can do some the later stuff. Yeah. But uh, okay. I thought this might be because another uh, country finger picking guitar finger picking. And mm. this is Merle Travis from the early 50s. And uh, okay. I remember seeing him as a kid on LA TV playing with Joe Maphis on Town Hall Party. And, and I thought well, he just was a really good, both of them were like outstanding hot shot guitar players. But Merle just had this kind of easy going. He was from Kentucky and had this style of two finger guitar picking. And then later on, I was reading how he actually influenced Chet Atkins and Ike Everly, the Everly brothers' father, mm. and uh, and also Scotty Moore, who played with Elvis early on in The Sun. That was influenced huh. by Merle Travis, and not to mention that he was a songwriter, wrote 16 Tons and Dark as a Dungeon and oh, really? some classic yeah. like that. And he was like from the coal mining district of Kentucky. And uh, but so here's his version of Cannonball Rag. Oh, cool. And he played this with two fingers. Mm-hmm. 
a thumb pick and he would just sometimes grab his thumb pick and use it like a flat pick at times so he's doing both huh. finger picking and flat picking you are listening to the east river string band brought to you by tongue brothers ball game winners they plump when you touch them <laughs> okay well i'm going to follow that up with um Jimmy Bryant and Speedy West is oh, here we on go. a capital kick right now. And, and more electric guitar now. We're yeah. Merging into the world of electric guitar and post-war stuff. And uh, okay. you just can't, I don't know, you just can't beat those two, these two guys together. They, um, they have such a synergy. It's amazing. I just can't get enough of, the, of uh, Bryant and West. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Bryant's Bounce. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, man. Beep, beep. Nice. <laughs> uh, what cracks me up is it's like 80% Jimmy Bryant and then, you know, 20% Speedy West, but the credits on it say steel guitar by speedy west it's like well okay yeah but that's mostly bryant come on guys <laughs> and that's uh that's just regular lap steel yeah. well i think he played an early kind of pedal steel guitar uh, okay in, fa- in fact i think someone just like last year found speedy west's original console pe- as an early pedal steel guitar and they found it someplace and been restoring it oh and, wow uh, oh wow but uh he probably also played non-pedal too, knowing a lot of those guys did. You know, they started out playing non-pedal and switched to pedal. But yeah, I think he had. Uh, well, I think everybody around that area had. Um, oh, what's his name? Bigsby guitars. I think Bigsby may have made a, a steel for. Um, yeah, Paul Bigsby. West. They did. Yeah, they yeah. Custom for these guys. But oh my gosh. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now talk about an awesome guitar to have. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Well. We're moving more into blues and post-war rhythm and blues. And this one's called Wine Cooler by T.J. Fowler and his orchestra. And uh, it's a rhythm and blues kind of jump band from Detroit from 1952. But what's interesting is the guitar player on this is named Calvin Frazier. And this guy's originally from Arkansas. And so... In the early days, when he was still back in Arkansas, before he moved to Detroit, he was actually playing with people like Johnny Shines, and he ran across Robert Johnson and those guys back then. And uh, But here he is playing electric guitar in 1952 with the most overloaded, you know, like, bear in mind there weren't any stomp boxes or anything back then. It's just if you had a funky <laughs> guitar and you had a... An amplifier with uh, leaky capacitors and tubes that are about ready to blow. <laughs> you would get this sound, which is just great distortion, like horn-like. And I, I really like his playing on this, but yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. <laughs> All right. Wine cooler. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's some stomping down. Uh, and some raunchy guitar. Yeah, it's like how, yeah. Oh my goodness. How loud do you want us to play, boss? Oh, how about just as loud as you can the entire time? Okay. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, can you imagine walking into a club in Detroit in the early 50s and hearing a band like that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think you'd what hear happened? like a what couple blocks away. Music? Yeah, it's amazing. I just... <laughs> it, it's like, okay, let's not play really fast, but let's play really loud. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever works, guys. Dang. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, going back to the guitar sound... When I was a kid, you know, I used to go to this local used uh, music store and buy these old Supro Valco amps, you know, oh, maybe yeah. in Chicago that all the Chicago guys used because they were the cheap, you know, amp and in the 50s. And, and they were made great. They were just a, a really simple, like, Class A circuit. They have, usually have one volume, maybe a tone. Some didn't even have tone. And they usually were, like, just a little – they have, like, 6v6 tubes and they were just a little too powerful for these little eight inch jensen speakers but <laughs> so they'd sound like they were about to like blow you know oh yeah and even as and the guy used to sell them to me for like 50 bucks he called them door stoppers you know because oh. like back then nobody wanted them when i was you know I, I grew up in the 70s you know so you're talking like late 70s early 80s so i had like you know half a dozen of these great amps and i i recognized right as a kid i was like all these people now are trying to use all these like effects pedals to try to get the sound of this amp you're buying some like eight hundred dollar amp and another couple hundred dollars in effects pedals to try to sound like my doorstop you know (laughs) (laughs) oh i love i've had a couple myself and uh you know the only thing is you go in to service them and they they didn't believe in circuit boards they just wired everything point to point and it's just a rat's nest whenever you dig around in one they're they're built like a tank but built like a really messy tank got to have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, I ended up being the guy, so everybody came to me with their tube problems. So, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so I've got, um, since we're in a blues mood again, I, uh, I'm i going to go with uh, Joe Williams and his nine-string guitar. Um, oh, cool. And, uh, you know, I, I constantly tease Bob that he just hates odd numbers, uh, numbers of strings, that he only prefers even numbers of strings. So I'm sorry. This is going to be nine strings, Bob. Uh, okay. What's well, funny, going I, back I, I, to what, I'll... Bob, what you were saying about <laughs> it's hard to play the 12-string, it's funny you say that because I always had a hard time playing the 12-string, and I finally got a really nice one that Todd Cambio built me, like, you know, in, in the mm. vein of an old, you know, Stella. Mm. And I right away cut off three of the bass strings and made it like a nine string. And of course, he got so upset by that. <laughs> oh no, that's wrong! That's wrong! That's wrong! I'm like, no, but it's so much easier to play the bass strings if they're not like doubled, you know. Right. Not to mention the other three, which are hard to play, you know. And uh, I could never really get a good feel on that guitar. It was a beautiful guitar. I ended up uh, giving it back to him and trading him for a, a six string, realizing that's really what I wanted. But I did lo- love the nine string sound because I could play it a little easier. I could get the bass articulation and still have that beautiful doubled high end sound. Mm-hmm. But I, I love Joe Williams sound, but it's not practical and it'll screw up the neck and everything. So <laughs> it's funny how many guitar players and especially guitar builders hate him. Like when I mentioned to Todd to make me a nine string, like a daddy stovepipe prototype, he just grunted at me. Oh no. Oh, it's like, oops, oh. wrong thing to say. Oh, we have got to talk to our buddy about making a nine-string. <laughs> yeah. It'll just drive him crazy. We are, we have a friend who builds the most incredible guitars, and he's built some. Yeah. I mean, that's, you play a couple of them. I, I was playing one. one last night, and I was oh. talking to him about making an eight-string, like a tenor guitar with doubled courses. And oh, it would wow. be a little easier. The problem with 12 strings is if you're picking and trying to get between the strings, the strings are so close together 
There's not much space between the strings. And plus, Especially if you're sloppy like they, me, you have a sloppy right hand. Well, and, and the, what's wonderful and also the bad thing about ups and downs about the 12 strings is they just ring so much. And if you play one in a group, yep. it just rings and rings and rings. If you're a solo guy, like a singer, if you're Lead Belly or something, or, or Joe Williams or Lydia Mendoza or something, it sounds wonderful, you know, as, as those big right. bass notes and stuff, but it just doesn't work in a group. No, And, and you're really. trying to play solos on it. I mean, Lonnie Johnson could, but uh, yeah. I mean, other people could really play like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, get, get pick well, Lonnie Johnson strings. was probably tuned down too, though, right? Yeah. Like you were, who were you saying was tuned down earlier? Uh, t- Teddy Bunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he, Lonnie Johnson tuned down also? Well, he, he's got so much articulation in those bends, but I never really tried to duplicate. What probably he was so. Playing. You know, most twelve strings are tuned down. I had a, a copy of a Stella guitar that was made in the seventies by John yep. Lundberg in his shop in Berkeley, and it was just like an old Stella, but new, and and it was yeah. great, but. I had it for years, and I just never used it much because it you just play it by yourself, and it just rings and rings, and it's just hard to move around on the thing. It's just tricky. Yeah. yeah. And they're so much fun when they're tuned down. I have a yeah. Guild 12 that I keep in a C, just you know, just regular standard tuning drop four steps, and uh, yeah, it's a buzzsaw. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. And, and Guild was one of the few companies that made a 12-string guitar that you could tune up to pitch. Right. Most all the Martin and mm. the rest of Gibson, you had to tune them down a step at least. Yeah. The string tension and everything, it's just so hard <laughs> on the neck. And that's yeah, why you yeah. find these old Stella 12-strings from the 20s. And the, 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 all the time, the, the necks are bowed. And, yeah. Oh, sure. And, and the, the tension, you know. Pull the bridge right out of the top, and they're just. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have you ever seen the pictures of uh, John Denver with his 18-string Gibson? No. Yeah, he played an 18-string Gibson. I I, I bet don't he even would know <laughs> what you do. <laughs> At that point, you're just about playing an auto harp. You know. <laughs> Anyways, here's Joe Williams with his nine-string guitar doing. Uh, she left me a mule. All right. Well, my baby, she left me, she left me a mule to ride Well, my baby, she left me, she left me a mule to ride Well, the train left the station, my mule laid down and died Front of your door. If I can't come in, then let me sit down in front of your door. I'll leave so early till your good man won't ever know. Chicago ain't on hilly town. Lake Michigan a river. Chicago ain't on hilly town. I don't feel no better than the more I be melted bound. 
Lord Henry, Lord, Grandma Julie, so. I'ma make Grandpa Henry, Lord, Grandma Julie, so. She cooked the same jelly roll that she cooked 40 years ago. sound man what a sound oh love big joe and it's the same guy that uh played with the birmingham jug band in 1930 yeah i have a bunch of his bluebirds from the 30s which you know i mean the guy never made a bad record but like with chasey collins on that one string fiddle or some of them are just like so raw you know you're just like wow well the stuff with his washboard player too is pretty great yeah. You've probably seen photos yeah. of Big Joe's guitar and how that thing was just so cobbled together, you know, with just oh my God. bailing yeah, it was wire like a six and string tape K, and stuff. Right, and he added the three strings? Yeah, on the top of the peg, he just drilled some holes and added <laughs> some extra pegs. That that works. Yeah, know. hey, you know. It's, yeah. Well, shall we finish off with one more, you think? Yeah. Okay. To, uh, All right, so this is going to be our last record? Yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys, for yeah. doing it. This is a great it's show. It's fun. We got... Uh, Bob Armstrong and Mark Pollock and great guitar records, probably many of which that uh, our listeners have never heard. So <laughs> I hope I it's some inspiration for you, uh, for you guitar players out there. I hope you find inspiration in this stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, the more I listen, the more I realize i got to practice. Yeah. Oh, God. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and also the message is you don't need to buy those stomp boxes and effects boxes, you guys. <laughs> Just buy a cheap, crappy amp and... <laughs> yeah get your own <laughs> oh man or add your own strings or <laughs> detract <laughs> well oh. these guys i mean like big joe i mean that's all attitude you know oh my god man well and i love that he, he he's doing the thing where he was uh he, he just threw in a couple extra measures once in a while just because he felt like it and the bass player's like okay fine you know we'll just keep going <laughs> oh yeah love that well all, all, all his records going back to the, the 30s he was Super loose, you know. Mm. Uh, I love Big Joe. I, I, the guy never made a bad record. <laughs> well, I'm going to completely crash the gears then to finish this off, and uh, I'm going to go to Lydia Mendoza because okay, you, you cool. really can't. Oh, yeah. More 12, beautiful 12 string playing. Oh, you know, she just uh, deserves every bit of recognition she can get. Uh, easily the equal of anybody else playing 12 string at the time. Yeah, and a great singer, too. All right, guys, thanks a lot for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Te amo, me dijiste en una noche de luna. Te amo, me dijiste en una noche de luna. Dichosa noche de luna En que tu amor me juraste Te amo, me dijiste En una noche de luna 
juraste, te amo, me dijiste en una noche de luna. Dichosa noche de luna en que tu amor me juraste, hora que me abandonaste de la promesa que hiciste, te amo, me dijiste. audience so long for a while we love that's you. all the songs for a while we love you we love your audience thanks for tuning in to john's old-time radio show Ooh, that was nice. please join us next time where john will chastise you call you stupid and say fuck off thank you and good night well, that's I'm, great. I'm great i'm gonna use that in every Fun. show every show is gonna end that's with that from now on